This is the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast Show, hosted by Bo Finley and Brant Walker. Welcome back to another episode of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. Brant and Bo coming at you. Uh, this week we're going to break down some sleepers and some busts that we've been looking at for our uh, drafts coming up. Um, I uh, think um, might as well just get right into it, talk about some sleepers here. Uh, Bo, what you got for your first one? Yeah, so there definitely hasn't been any like groundbreaking news to talk about or anything else. So there's There's really no reason. Uh, I kind of took a, 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 a random approach to this rather than like deep dive sleepers and uh, deep like hard thought busts. I kind of went at sleepers at, against their ADPs uh, and busts against the ADPs. Uh, and I also went uh, quarterback, running back, wide receiver for both the busts and sleepers. So if I'm going first, I'm going to start off with my quarterback. Uh, and that's no, none other than Kirk Cousins from uh, there at Minnesota. Um, listen, last year in 16 games, Kirk Cousins completed 349 passes out of 516 attempts, 4,265 yards for 35 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Also ran the ball 32 times uh, for 156 yards and one touchdown. Uh, his current uh, ADP is the 1202, and he's the 18th quarterback taken off the board. That is blasphemous. All right. Um, the reason why, the first reason why to me is Kirk Cousins has been a starter six times in the National Football League. He plays every, all, every, uh, every game when he's a starter, okay? And he's been top 15 in all of those years, but one year uh, since he's been a starter with three of them as top 10 finishes. Uh, last year he was the number 11 quarterback in fantasy. So you're drafting, if you can get him as the 18th quarterback off the board and he finishes top 15 again, it's a steal, obviously. He's got two stud wideouts in uh, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, along with a stud running back, which you I mean you can't, can't, you have to respect the run against Minnesota with Dalvin Cook back there. And uh, that solid run game opens up the passing lanes big time for Kirk Cousins. Um, obviously, they play in a division where uh, there's some spotty defenses um, and, uh, Detroit, they should be able to put up some points on Detroit this year. Um, Chicago's defense is getting older. Uh, eventually, they're going to start, you know, bending a little bit. Um, and then Green Bay's defense, um, they lost their, their number two corner last year and drafted a rookie. So, Kirk Cousins may be able to exploit him as well. Um, and when you have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, it's going to make uh, teams respect both of them. They won't be in a lot of double coverage. He should be able to get a lot of throwing lanes, and I see no reason Kirk Cousins shouldn't be a top fifteen quarterback again this year. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason why he couldn't. I mean, they got the new tight end, uh, or not new? I guess he's been there for a couple of years, but uh, they got uh, Irv Smith should have a, a nice step up year this year, and the return of Thielen and everything else, like you said. I don't see why he couldn't. My sleeper at quarterback, I have two. Uh, Go ahead and fill it in because you know I can never say it. Tago Viola. Um, so he he got added with um, – he got uh, Will Fuller added. Uh, Parker's still there. Drafted Waddle. Added to that line last year. The defense is, is still there, so that will take a lot of pressure of him having to air it out most, most games. Uh, he only started in 10 games last year and finished as the uh, quarterback 32 in PPR and standard leagues. So, I mean, that was in, in 10 games he played. He's got all these weapons. They're building it around him. He struggled a little bit in minicamp. 
he's being drafted as the 22nd overall uh, quarterback, which in my mind, I mean, everything's set there for his success. I've talked about it multiple times before. Um, he's, he's definitely my sleeper this year. I'd be looking for him late in drafts, especially if he's going to keep getting, keep getting, uh, drafted at the 22nd overall. Most people won't be looking at for him at the end of it. He'll be a great backup fill in. And, and who knows if everything clicks, like, like they're hoping there should be no reason that he's not a top 10 QB or a, a yeah, top 10, top 12 QB at the end of the year. I mean, he, his percentage completion was at, I believe it was 69%. I don't have that in front of me. He went 186 for 290, 1,800 yards, 11 touchdowns, and only five interceptions. He rushed 36 times for 109 yards and three more touchdowns. Yeah, he was also, you know, staggered with one game where he only threw the ball eight times, but that was all they needed to throw it. But, I mean, I just I, – I, Everything's there pointing in the right direction for him, so I think it's a very good opportunity next year to watch that uh, sophomore uh, bounce back, as you would call it. Yeah, I, you know, I'm definitely a big Tua fan. I was definitely a big Tua fan last year. Uh, I, I truly believe watching Tua play last year, they kind of took it easy, scripted it, an easy game call for him uh, due to that hip injury that a lot of people didn't know if he'd even be able to bounce back from. Uh, and then Miami was in, in, incredibly intelligent with their handling of Tua. I mean, listen, Tua was one of the most dangerous uh, deep ball college quarterbacks of all time. And they go and add two great deep ball weapons in Will Fuller and uh, Jalen Waddell. And you didn't mention it, but they, he also has Mike Gusecki back, who was a pretty good red zone target for him last year. Uh, I, I truly think Tua could bounce back in a huge or bounce in a huge way this year. I definitely look for Tua to finish inside the top 20 for sure. I mean, he's also going to get Preston Williams should be back. Uh, Albert Wilson should be back. So he's going to have ample weapons there for him to, to have that opportunity. So, yeah, I definitely could. I definitely don't see outside of the range of him falling in the top. Also 12. got Jared Dokes this year. That's a, an yep. excellent pass catching back if they and use him. Gaskin wasn't no slouch in the pass catching sure. game last year either. Sure. So definitely, I think uh, two is one guy to look for late in your drafts. Absolutely, love two of there this year. Um, my my second sleeper. Um, it, it's blasphemous to me that I even have to talk about this guy as a sleeper, um, but currently he's his, his ADP is the three twelve. So if you're in a ten man league, this man is the second pick in the fourth round, which is absolutely insane to me. He's the twenty first running back off the board. David Montgomery, he appeared in 15 games last year, 247 uh, rushes for 1,070 yards, eight touchdowns, 54 receptions for 438 yards and two touchdowns. Listen, I get it. Tariq Cohen wasn't there last year. They also added Damian Williams this year in free agency, and they added Khalil Herbert. That's great. All the news coming out of Chicago Bears camp is that David Montgomery should have an increased load uh, of what he had last year. And Walker, we've said it a hundred times on this podcast. We'll say it thousands upon thousands of times more. When a rookie quarterback comes in, who do they like to target? Tight ends and running backs. Tight ends and running backs. So if we get Justin Fields in, he should dump off to, to David Montgomery plenty. Uh, listen, last year in PPR formats, David Montgomery was the number four running back in PPR. The number four. And we're drafting him 17 spots lower at the 21st overall running back. That is ludicrous. You've got to take into effect stats from last year. You have to. And let's be honest, I don't care if it's Andy Dalton. I don't care if it's Justin Fields. Quarterback play in Chicago should be better 
than what it was last year. That should open up running lanes for David Montgomery. I think he finishes with more yards than he did last year, even with Tariq Cohen and Khalil Herbert and Damian Williams added. David Montgomery is a workhorse back in my mind, should be drafted at the tail end of the first, early second, and we're talking about him being drafted in the fourth round or the last pick of the third. That's absolutely ridiculous in my mind. I mean, he he even when the year in 2019, he saw 242 carries, five less than he did last year. 2019, Tariq Cohen was there. I mean, yeah, he saw about 30 less targets, but still, I mean, there's no reason that he's not going to see 250-plus carries because they're going to want to lean on him, especially when Fields comes in. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to see the targets. He's the better I, He's the better blocking back, so they're going to want him back there more often. I, I don't understand why we're drafting him so late. This guy is, is – I mean, you get 250 – you give me a back that's going to get 250 carries – 240, 250 carries. I'm gonna take him all day in the second or third round. That's where I. That's where I'd be definitely happy with him. He's not, you know, the prime go-to to get you all the passes, which we know. But this is a great RB two. Absolutely, absolutely. With nothing but RB one upside for him. Absolutely. So you said he was 17 spots, right, from where he finished last year. The guy I'm about to talk about was eight is being drafted 18 spots from where he finished in PPR leagues last year. And that is Mike Davis of your Atlanta Falcons. He's being drafted as the 30th running back off the board. He finished inside the top 12 in PPR leagues. He showed that he's, he's able to catch the ball. He's able to run the ball. So, I mean, it's everything that, that Atlanta had in, Free, in Freeman a couple years ago. So they got that guy back. Yeah, he's up there. I mean, he's 28 years old. So dynasty, maybe I could see you at the 30th overall. But in a redraft, I mean, really, who's barking up a street for the workload? And nobody that we know of at this point. It's a lot of unproven people that would be uh, barking. I mean, obviously, when Mike Davis comes in as the most proven running back on your team, it's not a good thing, but it is great for Mike Davis. Absolutely. I mean, he he's going to be one of the biggest benef- uh, one of the biggest um, effects of Arthur Smith coming over because I mean, he's coming over from Tennessee where he opened up play action and wanted to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I'm not saying that's what you guys are going to do, but guess what? you got to run the ball to open up that play action, which is what Arthur Smith's going to want to do. Um, Mike Davis, it, it, he's a proven work, workhorse back, and we're drafting him in as the 30th running back overall. That's just, that's just crazy because in the NFL, in fantasy, you want to find the workhorse guy. Well, guess what? Keep letting this guy slide, and you get a workhorse back as your third back on your team possibly. I take it all day long. There's no reason you can't see him peek into the top 12 running backs this year. Yeah, I, do. I, I think it'll be an uphill battle to get there, but there's nothing. The only thing holding him back is 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 really how he performs. Absolutely. I mean, or an injury. Other than that, I mean, he's he's proven that he can do it. Um, he handled 165 carries last year. He also had 70 targets last year. Yeah, I understand that was in Carolina, but – that was McCaffrey was gone. He was the workhorse there, and he's able to do it again. I I'll take Mike Davis all day. Yeah, I, I'm definitely uh, not wanting to own Mike Davis just because I don't necessarily like owning a plethora of Falcons players. And the one I want to own big time this year is obviously Calvin Ridley, where I can. Uh, but I do think uh, Mike Davis should should finish well above the 30th pick uh, or 30th running back. So if you get him uh, at the 30th overall running back, you're you're probably going to do pretty well in fantasy this year if you've 
if you've uh, drafted a couple of running backs better and he's your third or fourth running back option, you're going to be sitting pretty. Um, realistically, the addition of Arthur Smith should have a lot of folks pretty excited to see our run game uh, in Atlanta. The offensive line is, is, is up and coming big time. Uh, excuse me, a lot of youth uh, added last year and even more youth added this year. So, you know, if that offensive line starts clicking this year, he should be uh, he should be in for a big workload. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump into my wide receiver sleeper. This one is a guy that I'm absolutely uh, infatuated with this year. Uh, it's McCole Hardman. He, he's going to be a guy I talk about a lot this offseason. Uh, I know a lot of other people aren't quite as high on him as, as I am because the expectations for him every year since he's been in Kansas City have, have uh, uh, been pretty high, and he's let a lot of folks down. Um, but I'm ready to get hurt again. Uh, he's being drafted as a 56 wide receiver off the board. And he's drafted in the 13th round. Uh, last year in, in 16 games, he had 62 targets, 41 receptions, uh, 560 yards, and 10 touchdowns. So when he catches the ball, he's, he's great with it. He's got great top-end speed. Uh, he might be the second-fastest wide receiver in the NFL to his teammate, Tyreek Hill. Um, dude's a burner. He was great in Georgia. He excelled. The problem in, the, in that offense is that he is Tyreek Hill 2.0. He's very good at the same thing Tyreek Hill is. Uh, but listen, uh, his rookie year, he had 7.5% of the target share. Last year, that jumped to 10%, and now they had a big uh, exit there. They had Sammy Watkins leave, which vacated 55 targets. Now, I'm not saying that McCole Hardman is going to get all 55 targets. I don't think that'll happen. I think you'll get 20 of them or so, um, But because realistically, I don't think you're going to see Travis Kelsey – get a bunch of those. I don't think you're going to see Tyreek Hill get a bunch of them because they already get a bunch. Right. Um, I think most of those will be split between Sammy Watkins and Byron Pringle. Um, you might see a, a, a few slide more into uh, uh, Clyde Edwards-Elair as well. But I think the vast bulk of them should go to McCole Hardman. Kansas City has been looking for that solid number two wideout option since Patrick Mahomes has been there. And, and this is going to be McCall Hardman's best chance to thrive. I've seen a lot coming out of camp there where he's looking great in training camp and everything else, which smoke and mirrors maybe doesn't translate to actually being on the field. We'll see. Uh, but I, I, I'm for, for a guy that I can get in the 13th round and take a huge gamble on him, if he never pans out, I'm not losing anything in the 13th round. But if he does pan out or even become a, a, a possible bi-week fill-in or a flex fill-in, you're telling me I get a piece of one of the most high uh, explosive offense in the National Football League in the 13th round. How do you not jump at a bit at that? Absolutely. I, absolutely. I mean, that team does nothing but throw the ball, really. They, yeah, they. but I, I don't even know. I mean, I, I don't know why he hasn't broke out yet. This would be his make or break year. Um, <laughs> he is a burger. I know I'm a little out of it today. But, uh, yeah, McCole Hardman has the chance to, to really step up his game this year. Um, so the other guy that I have is also a burner. Yes, he is. Uh, he's being drafted outside the top 50 uh, wide receivers. That's Henry Ruggs out of Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. Uh, so if I'm not mistaken, he was the first pick for the Raiders last year. He was. Right? He was the first uh, wide receiver off the board as well. Yeah. Actually, I think the, the Raiders may have drafted a DN first. They may have had two picks in the first round okay. last year. Okay. He might have been their second pick, but he was the first wide receiver off the board. First wide receiver off the board on a team that's going to be playing from behind. Look at their division first off. You've got to play Kansas City twice. 
You got to play the Chargers twice. Both those teams can hang up points. Then you got to play Denver twice. So, I mean, that's a little easier of a game yeah, than yeah, the other two. Yes. But, I mean, he's he set up for a huge target share next year or this upcoming season. Um, 84 targets were vacated by Nelson Aguilar. Uh, he still has Derek Carr there who doesn't have a problem slinging the ball. Not at all. Um, the only issue I see with him is they blew up that offensive line so that he needs time to get open. But that eventually is going to work itself out. He never really had a shot to really get going. We've only played in 13 games last year. They were all, I mean, 51% in one of the games, 60, 60, 53. So even the games he played, he was still missing a lot of snap time. Well, they're going to want to open that up a lot more, I think, this year. And they're going to have to if they're going to compete at any games. So Henry Ruggs is a guy that I wouldn't mind drafting outside of the top 50 wide receivers. I think it was 120th overall. Is Yeah, 120th overall is his ADP right now. So with the Aguilar departure, that opens up 84 more targets for him also. Um, they did have John Brown. John Brown's getting up there too. John Brown's not a burner either. Uh, listen, I'm last night when I was sitting down doing my research and, and picking my candidates for this, it came down to McCole Hardman and Henry Ruggs for me. I, I'm definitely a huge believer in Henry Ruggs. Uh, and I'll be honest, the reason his snap count was so low is because him and Nelson Aguilar had the same skill set. Uh, I do think it'd be beneficial to Las Vegas to get Henry Ruggs in some like bubble screens, rocket screens for the wide receiver position, uh, you know, get him out in space and uh, and let him, you know, eat up some eat up some uh, field with the ball in his hands. Uh, but I, I definitely think you could see um, I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Henry Ruggs had, you know, 43 targets last year, if I'm not mistaken, or is it 43 receptions? Checking the math, checking 43 the 43 targets. 43 targets. That man is not going to get 43 targets this year. He's going to have closer to 80 or 90 this year. There's no way in, in, in any uh, universe that he does not get uh, significantly more than that. John Gruden's come out and said he wants to get him involved. Henry Ruggs is a guy that you're going to get late. And if you get him as a fifth or sixth wide receiver where you can put him on your bench and wait till he blows up, he's either going to be a guy you can trade for exceptional value or a guy you can plug in and help you get to the playoffs and even potentially help you win some games in the playoffs if the schedule's right. I mean, he's going to be a bona fide stud. Defenses, when they play the Raiders, they're going to key on Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. That leaves a lot of wide open space for Henry Ruggs. And there's probably not a lot of DBs in the league keeping up with him. No, absolutely. It's just not going to happen. Absolutely not. There's not. So I want to throw another guy out there just kind of as a uh, – Guy that's being drafted late, I believe when I last time I looked was in the fourth round, uh, beginning of end of the third, beginning of the fourth. This guy was on pace. He had 13 targets. Yeah, 13 targets per game, averaging over 100 yards per game in the first four weeks. He was on pace to be wide receiver two, but his quarterback got hurt. This is Amari Cooper, guys. He finished even without Dak last year. He finished as the number 15th overall. Uh, wide receiver in PPR without Dak. He finished his number 10 the year with Dak. He plays all, He played all 16 games. Yeah, he's questionable right now. Uh, he might miss a little bit of training camp. This guy only had five touchdowns last year. Dak was on a pace for a career year. I don't see why he's not going to be doing it again next year. They're gonna That defense still suspect. They're going to have to air that ball out. Amari Cooper is a guy that you can get as your wide receiver two back down in the – third or fourth round, wide receiver one, if you really go running back heavy, 
this guy's just going to be sitting there with nothing but upside going on. Is his last year in Dallas, so he's going to potentially. So I mean, he's going to want to ball out to make sure they, that because I believe that they have the opt out option with him, correct? So he's going to want to ball out and possibly want to stay in Dallas, or if they decide to get rid of him, he's going to want to ball out and make his money. This guy was on pace, like I said, to be the wide receiver two only behind Devontae Adams. So Amari Cooper's a guy you can get late, and I wouldn't mind having him as my wide receiver one or two. Listen, I'll, I'll go on record here and agree with you. Uh, this doesn't happen, Walker, very often that we see eye to eye on just about everything we talked about. So far, I'm on par with everything you've talked about, and I'm not going to stop here to Amari Cooper. Uh, I, I, there, I see no reason Dallas can't have two top 15 wideouts this year. CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, if Dak Prescott stays healthy all year and continues to do what he did last year with that defense continuing to do what it did last year in Dallas, you could see very well see two top 15 wideouts coming out of Dallas this year. And I wouldn't be shocked to see either one of them finish ahead of the other, but I also wouldn't be shocked to see either one of them finish or both of them be inside the top 15. You, you add, you know, eight touchdowns to both of them with over 100 receptions, you're looking at two top 10 guys. Absolutely, and then then you got another guy in, in uh, Michael Gallup too, who I don't see why he can't finish inside the top thirty. They're going to have to air that ball out. Yeah, they didn't add really a whole lot to fix their defensive problems. They added a lot more people to compete. They la- added a lot of broken Atlanta Falcons, and they <laughs> took our ex head coach, who's a great defensive coordinator. Uh, I do love the addition of Michael Parsons for them, but I. I still think that defense is two or three years away from being anything better than what they are right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I see no reason that team shouldn't air the ball out a, a ton. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see Dak finish as the number one quarterback in fantasy this year because of how much they have to air it out, uh, how much they have to, uh, you know, uh, make up for that bad offensive line, not being able to run the ball potentially. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully invested in, in, in that deep, or that offense this year. Yeah, um, so I want to throw another guy out there. We didn't really get into tight ends. We were going to get into that later on. But I do want to throw a guy out there for a, a sleeper tight end. Uh, Adam Troutman there in um, New Orleans. He's They have two tight ends on the roster, and Troutman's number one right now. They they traded up to get him in the draft last year. He was a well he was well touted to come out as the number one tight end last year. So I, he's going to take over all of Jer- the, the whole Jared Cook role. He – Never top 60% snaps last year. Oh, he did at the end of the year, the last two games. But, I mean, you're getting either Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, who uh, Taysom Hill's probably going to do a lot of dump-offs, I would assume, if he's not taking off running. And who's the number one target? Or number? I'm sorry, I always forget Kamara. we got to classify the running back. I don't forget about Kamara. But Adam Trotman's going to be the third third guy to catching the ball. There's nobody else there. you got Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and then Adam Trotman. Trotman is a guy, if you miss out on one of the big names, this is a guy I would throw a dart at the end of the draft and hope it sticks with him. Yeah. I've done it in every single draft we've done so far. He's he's not, he's almost not become a sleeper anymore. He's getting His name's getting out there. Um, he was very, 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 very talented at Dayton. Um, athletic freak, if you will. Uh, 6'6", in stature. The guy, the guy is uh, has the potential uh, to be a wrecking ball this year. Uh, if, if it's Jameis Winston, listen, we know what Jameis Winston did uh, with O.J. Howard and um, good Lord, it's eluding me right now. The other tight end they have. Cameron Bray. Cameron Bray, thank you. Still on the roster in, in t- uh, Tampa, crowded crowded tight end room there. Uh, but, yeah, Jameis Winston loves his tight ends, loves them. If Jameis is the starter, 
Wouldn't shock me at all to see Troutman come out of nowhere and break onto the scene this year, and he won't be a sleeper at the end of next year if Winston starts. Uh, if if Winston does not start and it's it's Tyreek Hill, I really don't think I want to own much of the pass catchers outside of maybe Michael Thomas, obviously, and Alan Kamara. Um, but yeah, the New Orleans Saints is a, is a team to, to monitor, not just a Troutman, but Traquan Smith uh, is a guy. I mean, somebody's got to break out and be that number two or number two wide receiver option or uh, not a uh, pass catching option, not out of the backfield. Obviously, you know what Kamara and Thomas will do. Uh, they should be the target monsters there. But somebody's got to emerge because those guys are going to get all the coverage in passing situations. Somebody's got to emerge here. And Troutman's the one that makes the most sense. He's just a big guy. He can go over the middle. He's, he's got the speed to get outside, too. So I, I don't see why he couldn't be that guy. And Emmanuel Sanders is gone as well. That's even yes. more vacated targets with the without the addition of anything else. That is correct. I forgot that Sanders went. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna get into our bus now. Um, I went a little bit like you did with with your sleepers. I went based off ADP how I think these guys won't live up to their ADP or why I think that they're gonna slide more than where they should be drafted. Um, how how did you go with your bust? Yeah, same same way. Like I said, it you know um, based on where they're at and their what they're being drafted at and their position, um, things of that nature. Um, I, I went against their ADP. I'm not saying the player I think is going to bust completely to where they're fantasy relevant oh, or anything of that nature. I just don't think they'll live up to their ADPs. Yeah, so. I'm the same way because I'm telling you right now when I get to my running back, a lot of people are going to turn this off, I think, when <laughs> I say the name. So, um, but you go ahead and start because my I, – I started – I'm going to oh, did you? you. I started uh, sleepers, so uh, I'll let you go first. We're going to start with the wide receiver because the quarterback hurts me a little bit. So, my wide receiver bust – uh, for this year is uh, Adam Thielen. He's being drafted as the 13th overall wide receiver. So just outside the wide receiver one category. Um, I just don't see how – I understand you have Cousins as your sleeper. I just don't understand – I don't see how he can sustain two top – two wide receiver ones in fantasy football. With Dalvin Cook back there receiving passes, you got uh, Madison who was no, is no slouch in catching the ball either. You got Irv Smith who should – I know you said earlier today that they, they said his role won't increase, but I, I don't see how that won't. I mean, Rudolph's gone, so he's obviously going to have to take more snaps, I would see. I just don't see how they can support both Jefferson and Adam Thielen and the wide receiver one. I think Adam Thielen is a great wide receiver, too, um, lower in the tier, but I just I don't see how he finishes as the wide receiver 13 overall. I'm, I'm looking at him at the – 19 to 24 range there probably if not maybe a little lower than that but i i don't see how curzon or how curzons how cousins can handle that yeah so i i like obviously i'm a little higher on the minnesota offense than most probably i still like um adam thielen significantly this year um and a lot of that has to do with how much i buy in on kirk cousins uh, I think Kirk Cousins is one of the more slept-on quarterbacks as far as fantasy goes. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Fame quarterback or anything uh, outlandish like that. Um, but I, I do think that there's a very solid chance that you have two top 30, two possibly top 20 wide receivers there in Minnesota, similar to the way I think about um, uh, the Dallas Cowboys offense. And listen, there was only one wide receiver in all of football who had more red zone targets than uh, – than uh, Devontae Adams last year, and that was Adam Thielen. Excuse me, Devontae Adams had more than uh, Adam Thielen, but Adam Thielen was second. Uh, I see no reason for that to change this year. 
I think he should get more work in the, between the 20s. Um, and I, I expect uh, Adam Thielen to have another good year. Um, do I think he should be drafted as the 13th running back off the board? Absolutely not. Wide receiver. Wide receiver, excuse me, yes. If he's being drafted as the 13th running back off the board, there's a lot of problems. Yes. Uh, but as the 13th wide receiver, no. I have him as, I'd probably have him in the 17, 18, 19, 20 range. Um, there is a lot of talent, but there's also a lot of talent very young. Um, you know, not saying he won't, but does Justin Jefferson regress in his second year? If he does, that should also just boost Thielen up a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, since you wanted to start with wide receivers, I'll follow suit. Uh, I, I just talked about a second-year regression, uh, and I'm going to feed into that a little bit here. Um, my wide receiver bust this year compared to his ADP is Chase Claypool. Um, listen, Chase Claypool was absolutely fantastic last year, but he is being drafted as the 30th wide receiver. Um, if I had to rank the wide receivers I want from Pittsburgh this year, I actually probably have Chase Claypool as my number three the more I dive into it, that Deontay Johnson and Juju being higher because Chase Claypool is a guy who's going to thrive in the deep game. He's a tall guy, pretty quick for his size. He, he's, he's a deep threat, and Ben, ben Roethlisberger just isn't a quarterback who, who, can, who can throw the ball very far. Um, and they also spent their first pick this year on a running back. Mike Tomlin loves getting his running backs involved. I actually think the team should focus on being run first which should pull um, to where they're throwing the ball less. Um, last year in 16 games, Chase Claypool had 109 targets, 62 receptions, 873 yards, nine touchdowns, nine. I, I think he has a touchdown regression, and possibly just because of that touchdown regression, he falls out of the top 30. Um, I mean, he's being drafted. His average draft position is the second pick in the seventh round. That's not outlandish. But it's the, it's the 30th wide receiver that bugs me as much as it does because I could probably off the top of my head right now name 50 receivers I'd rather have than Chase. I'm not going to do that because it'd fill up the rest of the podcast. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not – again, I'm not sure if I, I had to sit down and, and choose between the three Pittsburgh wide receivers. I'd probably take Chase as the last one. And a dynasty, the first one, because of his youth. Um, and, again, again, Ben is eventually going to retire. Um but I think everything just points this season for the Pittsburgh Steelers being a run first team, and that should hurt some of these wideout values. Yeah. Um, also, they added Pat Fiermuth with mm -hmm. their second they pick. Did. And if, if you remember, when Claypool got drafted, they said that he was able to play tight end because of his big size. He also played it in high school and a little bit in college. And now they have a real tight end there. Um, last year, I think they had they, Ebron. They still have Eric Ebron. Is Ebron still on there? He was banged up a little bit last year. So now they have another uh, – Pat Fiermuth was touted as the second-best tight end. Without Kyle Pitts, he was the best. Yes. yes. He's a big bully over the middle where Claypool did a lot of work yep. too. Yep. So, and like you said, the little gadget plays on the goal line. I'm sorry, you got Najee back there. We don't need that gadget. Give that man the football. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I think he's going to take away a lot of the little gadget plays that he ran. Um, they're going to take away some of the middle targets from him. So, yeah, I definitely could see a regression coming from Chase Claypool with these. And, again, this is not a slap in the face to Chase Claypool to say he's undesirable. Uh, it's not that at all. It's just he's not the 30th wide receiver in my mind. Maybe the 50th, 40th, somewhere in there. Not the 30th. All right. So, we're going to go to the quarterbacks. Are you sure you're ready for this? No, I'm not. This one's going to hurt a little bit. Uh, I actually have uh, Russell Wilson as my bust this year. Um, what team do not, you cheer for? I'm a Seahawks fan. Not 
saying he's not going to be a top 10 quarterback, top 12 quarterback. He's being drafted as a fifth overall quarterback right now. I don't see him being a top five QB this year. No, because he's going to be the number one MVP, baby. Okay. Yeah, Should have been the MVP last thanks. year. Yeah, if it, if it came at halftime of the season, yeah. Well, halfway through true. it would have been. Play wow. calling changed. It was ridiculous. And, and the play call did change, and here's why. Because yeah. I traded for him. That's well, why. <laughs> no, it changed because literally everybody figured out what Seattle was doing. We're going to run, 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 and then throw the ball deep. Run, 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 throw the ball deep. That's what Seattle does. Well, they went out. They got Waldron. They keep saying they want to focus on the run game, focus on the run game. If they go back to running the ball efficiently like they have been, I, I don't see Russell having to scramble as much, which is going to bring his fantasy down. Does this make Chris Carson a possible sleeper? Yes. Okay. I, I'm a Chris Carson believer, and it's not just because of him being a Seahawk. I think he runs extremely hard. If he could stay healthy, Carson's been a top top 15 running back, I believe, the last He looks two. shredded in his picture that's surfacing around the web right now. He looks absolutely he shredded. Does. Looks like a tank. That he does. That he does, which might actually hurt him. <laughs> but, no, I think Wilson's going to uh, – the scrambling's going to come back down. Sorry, Carson's been a top 20 back for the last three years. I think Russell's scrambling is going to come down, which is going to keep him out of the top five this year. You got your Patrick Mahomes that does, you know, the sneaks. You got Allen. You got the running back, Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts, who scrambles. Um, I know I'm missing somebody else that gets out of that Kyler. pocket. Kyler gets out. I, right there, I mean, the the way the quarterback's going, I'm not saying you're not going to win games with Russell Wilson because he will throw the ball. He will get you your points. I see him finishing as the quarterback 10. So he's still that QB1, which actually, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to flip through real fast. If he finishes as 10, it'll be his second lowest finish in his career. He has finished inside the top 10 every single year, but one his rookie year he finished as QB uh, number 11 on the year. I just don't see him being the QB5. and I still think he'll be a QB1, um, but drafting him in the top five where he's going, if I'm not mistaken, where I saw it, it was like the third or fourth round. I'm not jumping for a QB like Wilson in the third or fourth round. He's not going to have the running – Yards. So, I don't think. so you are obviously a Seahawks fan. No, you're a lot closer to the situation than I am, even though I own Russ and, and Dynasty. Um, you know, to me, outside looking in, um, they they signed a or drafted a what guard or a tackle in the draft who is prolific at pass blocking, not run blocking. Correct. And they used their first pick on Dwayne Eskridge, who is another burner type wide receiver. Which realistically, I don't know. Do you guys? I mean. DK is a big body, like go up and get it, contested catch. You got Tyler Lockett, semi-slot guy. Do you really have a burner outside of Eskridge, or is he going to be that role? He's going to be the – I mean, DK DK has the speed to beat most most DBs in the league. But I, I see him being uh, – once he'll be, he'll be a deep guy, but I don't think he's going to be running those burner routes. I think he's going to be using his muscles more to push the DBs off. I think Eskridge will be the burner. What I'm hoping is the fact, and I'm hoping I'm 110% wrong on this whole bus situation. And I'm hoping this, I'm hoping the situation goes, oh, we're going to put Eskridge on the outside to do some burning. We're going to put DK on the other outside to do some beating up. We're going to put Lockett in the slot, and he's going to get a whole lot of extra work and more targets <laughs> this year is what I'm hoping to see. They also added a tight end who they didn't move to defensive end in Gerald Everett. Yeah. 
which I think is going to be one of the better uh, tight ends uh, that Russ has had. Now, granted, he had Will Disley, who was great for a while. Greg Olson was kind of a huge disappointment for you guys. Um, but I, I really think this is actually – Russ is set up with the most weapons he's probably ever had in his career. And to me, it's kind of outlandish to say we're going to run the ball and not let Russ do what Russ is successful at. I, I think I think Russ could win an MVP if they let him cook. Obviously, he was cooking in the first half of the season last year. They put the oven mitts on and said, step back, son. Um, but it, but if they let Russ cook, I, I think you guys are more successful that way than running the ball. Well, they had to step back because he started throwing multiple interceptions. Correct. And I Because uh, I owned him. Yeah. <laughs> Love it how it all falls back to you owning him. Let, let's, sti- let's stick to the to – the, he, he, broke, he broke his career high interceptions last year. Let's stick with interceptions, all right, because that brings me to my quarterback bust. Listen, I do not understand the hype following this man, and that's Jalen Hurts. He's being taken in the tenth as the tenth quarterback. The tenth. The man started five or four games last year. Four starts he started. Okay, this is this is nothing. Four starts. Okay, he played fifteen games, started four, 148 attempts, seventy-seven completions for a fifty-two percent completion rate. 1,061 yards, six touchdowns to four interceptions, right on pace with what Carson Wentz got shipped out of town for doing, and 63 rushes for 354 yards and three touchdowns. I do not under, I, I, I don't understand the hype. I'm beside myself. Yes, I know they added a great pass catcher in um, good Lord. Uh, Smith. Thank you, Heisman winner, Devontae Smith. Don't know why that was eluding me so hard. Uh, but, but Jalen Hurts – We've got no proven pass catchers there except for Zach Ertz and, and God Ertz. And Ertz is probably on his way out. you got a crowded backfield and new coaching staff who nobody knows what they're going to do. Are they going to run the ball? Are they going to throw the ball? What are we going to do? And the offensive line is one of the oldest in football. They're injured every year. And let's also not forget that last year the management upper tier of the Eagles organization was split between – Trading Jalen Hurts and investing fully in Carson Wentz and shipping Wentz out and and keeping Jalen Hurts. So I think Jalen Hurts is already going to be on a short leash this year. I'm not saying there's anything to replace him, but he doesn't play well this year. He's gone in my mind. I think they draft another quarterback, look to move on from him, whatever the case may be. Um, we're also talking about a guy who got chased out of Alabama because he couldn't beat out Mac Jones or Tua uh, and ended up going to Oklahoma. Now, granted, he was fantastic at Oklahoma. I don't take anything away from him. I just do not buy into the hype. This guy's got to show me something, and he's not done that yet. The the hype is that, like you said, the last four games where he played over seventy percent of the snaps, he had 24, 40, 24, and eighteen. That's where the hype is. It's his running ability. Well, guess what? You went to Oklahoma. There's no defense really in the in the Big Twelve. You got chased out of the conference with the best defenses. Mm-hmm. You just couldn't cut it there. I don't see how you're going to cut it as a top ten QB in the NFL. I, I don't see it um, maybe as a great backup later in the draft, but you're not getting him, like you said. He's a, he's being drafted as the 10th overall QB. There's no way I'm going to ride my season on Jalen Hurts. Not a chance. Arms. Not a chance. Um, I'll ride it on a couple of his receivers like Goddard and Smith because guess what? They're going to be playing from behind. Good you got, chance. you got to play Dallas twice who can hang some, hang some points and hang some yards. You're going to play um, the Giants with a potentially healthy Saquon Barkley, potentially healthy Kenny Galladay. They should be able to light the scoreboard. You got Washington, who's up and coming offensively. Ryan Fitzpatrick can light a scoreboard. Their defense, defense can light the scoreboard. That defense is a. <laughs> listen, I, if, I don't know what weeks Jalen Hurts plays Washington. 
uh, because I, I, I have, I'm not, I'm, no thank you on those weeks, 100% no thank you. Uh, Chase Young is going to be coming for that, man. Uh, and I, I tend to err on the side of Chase Young. Uh, I, I, I'm just not buying in on the, ha- the hype. Uh, again, in my mind, there's still weak pass catchers there. They haven't. There's nothing that's really proven uh, outside of, I guess, Goddard at this point. Again, the new coaching staff, the old offensive line, and the split management is enough to keep me away from Jalen Hurts, let alone taking him as the 10th quarterback. Not happening. No. Not, no. I, I can't. I can't do it. I'm going to let you do your running back because when I say mine, some people may turn theirs off. So I'll let you go ahead and get yours out there, even though that one's a little heartbreaker to me too. Yeah, uh, I might get some people to turn mine off again too. Uh, but I do I do want to say, and I think this goes for both of our running backs again, I want to enunciate this just one last time. This is not to say that we don't believe there's plenty of fantasy relevancy for these guys, just not where they're being drafted. Uh, and I'll start mine off. Mine's Cam Akers running back out of there out of Los Angeles, obviously. Um, he's being drafted in the first round. Um, last year he, he's, he played in 12 games. 145 attempts for 625 yards, two touchdowns, 14 targets, 11 receptions for 123 yards, one touchdown. Um, again, this may be one I'm missing out on. The hype, I, I, I just don't see it. Yes, I know he had a good stretch, but in that stretch last year, what was it, I think weeks 12 through 16, something like that, um, it, it, everybody was really excited how he did there and then again in the playoffs. But those weeks, he, he was still like the running back 20. Uh, I, I, I think he's going to be a, a, a great running back, too. I would not want to enter the season with Cam Akers as my RB1. Um, you know, and then obvi- for obvious reasons, uh, Daryl Henderson's still in town, who had, a, had a, a decent workload last year. They finished real close to each other in rankings at the end of the season. Um, he, he's not a great pass catcher. Um, obviously, with uh, Matthew Stafford, he'll have more opportunity than he, than he did with Jared Goff, so that could bump, bump his PPR a little bit, obviously. Um, but, but I, I, I just think he's going to be a bust compared to his ADP. Listen, again, if I'm getting this guy as my running back two, I'm not upset at all. If I get him as my wide res- or my running back three, I'm probably ecstatic. My running back one, I'm going to be a little devastated. Um, I, I do think this guy's probably in line for 250 touches this year. I, and I think he's probably going to finish around 15, 16, 17, 18 in that, in that spot. And if I get him in that area, I'm not going to be upset if he finishes there. I just can't draft him as, as a top 10 running back because I don't believe he finishes there. And I know, Walker, I know you're a lot higher on him than I am. Um, again, this is not to say that I, I, I'm casting him off. I, I'd never own him. You know, obviously, if the price is right in the right spot, I definitely am interested. Uh, I, I, this is just another one very similar to Jalen Hurts for me. I, there's a lot of hype surrounding him, and I just don't understand it. Yeah, I am, I'm definitely higher on him. If you remember my hot take, I said he's going to finish as a top five running back this year. Um that's where I think his potential could lead him. Um, honestly, if it, outside of a real take, I think, you know, 12, probably running back 12. So if you're in a 12-man league, maybe I could see you pulling him in the first. But I think there's other people better. He's getting pulled, I think, way too early. Even even me saying him in my hot take, being a top five running back, like I said, that was a hot take. Um, it's something I believe he can do. I'm not drafting him before the second round, and I'm high on him. I'm extremely high on him. I'm higher on him than a lot of other people are. I I can't pull him in the first round. I can't do it. I don't see the full load going there. Um, Stafford's in town who's going to air the ball out. Yes, he does dump off a little more than golf, but 
I, I don't see him getting 100% of the load like the, the other running backs in the first round do. I mean, but you do have your outliers in the first round of your Nick Chubbs and your Aaron Jones who have shared their backfield, but they they have a proven track record. Absolutely. Cam, Cam Akers has about a four-game track record of being the workhorse back. So, yeah, the first-round ADP is, is outrageous for me for the Cam Akers. Uh, so, so, again, this is not at all – these guys are horrendous. This is a, I'm just not at that price point. That's all this is. Yeah. Mine is um, Derrick Henry. He's being drafted as the second or third running back off the board. Now, once again, do I think he finishes as a top 10 running back? Top 12 running back? Absolutely. There's nothing that says he won't barring injury. He's, he's in Tennessee. Um, Arthur Smith's gone, who wanted to pound the ball and set up the play action. They got a new OC. They added Julio Jones. I don't see a 300-carry workload for him again. I don't. I understand the last two years he's had it. That's with Arthur Smith. It's a new OC. They've added. Their defense is still atrocious. They didn't really do anything to upgrade that, so they're going to be playing from behind. We know he's not a pass catcher. I think his career high was last year with 31 targets. And he played all 16 games last year and only had 31 targets, 114 yards and no touchdowns in the, in the past game. I think if they fall behind, you're going to see him have to come off the field every once in a while, and he's not going to be able to carry the ball 300 times next year. I just don't see it. The last two years, he's had over 300 carries. Before that, he had 215, 176, which is great. He finished the, he finished the uh, top 15 um, the year he had 215, then he finished 25. Uh, 20, 36 in PPR the year he only had 176. I, I just don't see him as the number two, three back coming off the board. I'm sorry, I can't do it. Uh, there's too many other people out there that are getting getting catches. You got Christian McCaffrey. I think Saquon's going to get more targets. You got Dalvin Cook there. Alvin Kamara I like better this year. I, ju- I just don't see it. I don't see him finishing inside the top five this year. Um. <clears throat> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come at you sideways just a slight bit here, just because I think there's probably some people listen, gonna listen to this and go, wait a minute, and they you know they can't talk to us when we're recording this. Um, but if an OC comes in there, yes, I know they have AJ Brown, I know they have Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones. If an OC comes in and takes a lot of carries and a lot of touches away from Derrick Henry and they miss playoffs and they're bad this year, that OC is gonna have no career. Uh, I think the safe play is to go ahead and still continue to pound the rock. Obviously, I think. Um, Arthur Smith laid um, the foundation for how this offense is successful. And Mike Vrabel's still in town. Um, Derrick Henry the last two years has has been a top five back in in either format, and that's with no PPR. But he's also the last three years, 12, 16, and 17 touchdowns. With Julio in town, I'm not sure you see him getting more than 15 touchdowns. However, if this man hits 300 touches, total touches, I'm not saying – rushes 300 total touches between his you know 15 catches that he may have if he hits 300 he's a top five running back um and this is a 17 game season i expect him to be over 300 again i don't hate saying you don't want to touch him in the top five there is names that i i feel could be potentially safer potentially in a ppr format because of the pass catching ability um but i do still think that if he plays a 17 game slate doesn't get hurt he finds a way in the top five but I, but I get it. I do. I, I, I'm not one of those people that's going to say, wait a minute, flip the table. This guy's crazy. I got to turn this cast off. 
I, I can understand where you're coming from. And, and let's not forget, this man's been in the league for five years, and his first two seasons in the league were horrendous. Um, even his halfway through his third season was horrendous until he decided he wanted to run with his size instead of running straight up and down. Um, but uh, if 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 this offense does decide to focus on the pass game, he, he's uh, he's going to be pretty pretty disappointing this year. Yep. Um, so obviously that gets us through our busts and our sleepers. One last thing Walker and I wanted to talk about um, this week before we sign off is uh, we're going to start putting together our listener league. We've talked about it a couple of different times on the cast so far, if you've been following us for a while. We're going to add the link to our page, probably cap it at, what, 10, 12 teams, somewhere in that neighborhood, first 10, 12 in, whatever we decide to cap it at. Um, we will uh, get it in, free league to join, listener league, um, and we will give some kind of a prize for the best finish. Even if even if Walker and myself, Brent and myself, finishes the one, two, Whoever finishes third out of that listener is going to take home some kind of prize. Um, we're spitballing with ideas. Don't have that hammered out just yet, but we will keep you guys posted on that. With the listener league, we're going to take the first two teams for now. If we get a lot of interest in it and everybody wants to join, we'll co-own a team and we'll allow you know, everybody that wants an opportunity to get in. Um, but as of right now, we're going to take the first two. But that's, that's barring that we could end up co-owning one and doing a draft. We'll set the draft closer to season. It'll be a nighttime draft. Obviously, it'll be. We'll probably use the sleeper app, is what I'm assuming we're going to go with. But yeah, we're definitely going to come up with something. Probably do a live draft. Maybe, maybe make an episode out of it. Um, and then, like I said, we'll come up with some kind of prize to give the people. Um, you know, so uh, we're we're definitely looking at that. We've had some interest in it. We've had some people reach out and ask. Um, so that will be on our Facebook page if you want to get on there. The Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast page. And uh, either throw a like on this on this cast when we post it, and or comment and say, "Hey, I'm interested in the league." Uh, we will get that posted this week, uh, potentially even tonight. Um, so it'll be out when this episode airs. Potentially, uh, just jump on that Facebook page and uh, and either comment and say you're interested, and we'll send you an invite, or we'll open a link. And uh, the first first ten to twelve people that come and want to fill it up, we'll let you in there, and we'll uh, try to come up and, and uh, let you guys know what the prize is next week, potentially. Absolutely. Uh, So I think that sums it up for us this week. So as always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends.